Mic check. One, two, don't one, do two. Don't do that. I don't like that. <laughs> hey guys, it's Lexi. Welcome back to episode two of Branded the Podcast. I'm going to be really honest with you guys. We've recorded this podcast more times than I would like to admit. And it's not necessarily because we've made mistakes, but it's called living in a barn dominium with animals. And like, like the weirdest stuff, like acorns falling on the roof. Uh, one time when we tried to record, it was raining. Like, it's just been a roller coaster trying to get this done. So just know that this is sheer dedication right here. Trying to put this thing together for y'all. And I'm sure Daniel's tired of telling his story at this point. So if we sound kind of like, uh, when we're talking, it's not because we're not excited. It's because we've talked about this topic for the past four days, <laughs> trying to get it right. And it's just been a lot and a long time coming. So... Would you like to say hello, Daniel? Hey, guys. <laughs> for the fifth time. Yeah. yeah, for the millionth time. I'm here. Um, but anyways, at least we've learned from trial and error what we want to talk about. But at mm -hmm. the same time, like I said, if we could have nailed this the first time, it would have been a done deal. Yeah. But, you know, we're Next still time. here. Yeah, maybe this time will be it. If you're listening to this one, victory. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> anyways, all right. So... Um, I had asked you guys kind of to spill some questions on Instagram on what you guys wanted to hear about Daniel and his story. Um, and for the most part, a lot of people just kind of wanted to know like where you fit into the puzzle. And so I want you to go into like what your horse experience is, your background with horses, how you got into horses. Um, like just like really briefly, just give them kind of a highlight reel of your life in the horse industry prior to like meeting me basically okay uh well so as you know my mom grew up doing the whole horse thing you know like having them showing them yeah <clears throat> that whole thing and then when she went off to school she sold all of her horses so uh as a child she would try to take us out a lot to like, like when you were a child not when yes, she was a child yes, when, <laughs> I, when i was a child she would try to take us out like if we were on vacation or just around like you know kind of where we lived take us to barns and we'd go like trail riding um yeah but it was just uh, well if it were me in that situation i'd be doing it for myself so i'm sure to an extent sheree was doing it for herself but yeah. also to get you guys involved yeah because we obviously didn't know if we were gonna like it or not but like she knew that she loved it yeah but y'all uh, did other things growing up so it wasn't like horses were like your top priority no no not at all like it was yeah not at all but she would definitely make a dedicate like i feel like we would definitely go at least once a year yeah. Um, if not twice. Like a conscious effort to make sure that it was something y'all did. Yeah, exactly. And we all love doing it. Like, we all love the horses. Like, we all love animals. And we love being outside, so. Um, well, like, I talked about when your parents came to take care of the place. Mm -hmm. And how, like, your mom obviously has horse experience. Right. But even then, like, when Alexa, your sister, when she comes out here and, like, your dad, like, they know how to be around horses. Yeah. It's not like a what are you doing type of thing right. like they y'all have like a more extensive knowledge than i guess the average person yeah yes i mean they have a freaking what was that thing in their house the farrier oh yeah like tool like the the rolly one i don't yeah. know what it's called i don't know the technical term but like their tool box thing yeah it's from like the 40s yeah they That's have cool. one in the house it's so cool i hope we get that one day <laughs> hopefully but yeah that was that was my experience and then when I was in high school, I met a barrel racer. And <laughs> Why would you say it like that? <laughs> I just feel like it's very interesting. That, yeah. Like, that was the turn that I took that, like, I guess plunged me into it a little bit it more. It was like, 
I went from riding with my family on occasion to dating a barrel racer. Yes. I feel like that is really extreme. Yeah, but, like, the most extreme part, because, like, I, I mean, I knew what rodeo was, you know, but I didn't know really what it was. And I didn't know the difference between, you know, a good horse from a bad horse. And I definitely got thrown into all of that. So I got to see. You know, it was really like, what's really funny, what? like listening to you talk about this. So this is a side note, but I was watching a YouTube video actually today. Mm-hmm. And it was a girl who does like um, reaction videos. She's actually really popular on YouTube. But in one of the reaction videos, it was to a reality TV show that came out like years ago about rodeo. And um, one of the barrel racers was making a comment about how she had just paid $200,000 for her horse. Mm-hmm. And the girl, like, pauses it and goes to react to it. And she was like, what? there's no way any <laughs> barrel racer spent $200,000. And I'm just like, just, she was saying it was because it's the easiest thing to train a horse to do is to run barrels. And oh, I was yeah. like, you're about to upset so many people, first of all. But second, just how naive people outside of the industry yeah. or even in the industry are to how much these performance horses cost. Well, yeah, at the time, like, I didn't know a good, like I said, a good horse from a bad horse, but, you know, and they'd be like, hey, get on this horse, and be like, he's $100,000. I'd be like, what? And then I, I would just start riding him around, but you would know that, like, you could feel the difference. Yeah. Like, you knew it, like, and you're like, okay, Well, and they wow. look different. They look they different. different. Like, they're in the muscle, like, all of them, like, all those really nice horses, like, they're just incredible. So it's like, I started to see the difference. I can't believe she put you on those horses. By the <laughs> no, way, so... the girl that he was dating is like a really well-renowned, well-known barrel racer in the area. And she was at the beginning of her career at the time. But yeah. still, I mean, just like, I can't believe she let you ride those horses. Yeah. <laughs> I would have well, been it, like, oh. And it was the people around her, too, that yes. had all the really nice horses. So yeah. they're all like, yeah, get on this one. Get on this one. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know? And so, so um, yeah. So And like, even now when I tell my friends how much, like, horses are going for at sales they're like are you're joking right yeah or how much like a stud fee is well like, i mean what? the industry is at a crazy spot right now yeah but i mean the market's crazy but still like it's still the market you know yeah. like it's still just facts so but then that was pretty much it. that was a short-lived relationship yeah um but still like a lot of fun like eye-opening yeah and so i mean i loved it i loved going up to the barn every day after school and like you know, roping the dummy I wasn't really good at or like riding these horses and stuff like that. Um, So when I got to school, like in college, I was like, I want to try to do something similar, you know, maybe just be around the animals. And so I actually tried to get like a ranch hand job, you know, or something like that, or literally just be like a stable boy. And then you realize the commitment. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, you have to live on property. You have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. Like you have to be okay with, you know, all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I can't, I can't do that and do school at the same time. Like just not going to happen. Well, and I think it's funny because like before, like I said, we've recorded this several times, but mm-hmm. the first time you said that story, you were like, huh? Like I'm going to have to work how many hours? Yeah. And it's like, look at you now. Like how uh, many hours do you spend in the barn a week? Or like double that. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just obviously very different experience. Right. Um, so we didn't meet until after we were both done with school yep. or both left school. Um, and you, we grew up in the same place, the same mm-hmm. hometown, but just to kind of give you guys some, uh, background on like where we grew up, we grew up in Frisco, Texas. It's a very big city. Yep. Um, it's was like rated like the fastest growing city in the world for like several years mm-hmm. in a row. And just to give you guys some perspective, Daniel actually dated a girl in high school that went to my high school 
and he went to the same high school as my cousin Emily and like we had similar friends but we never met each other because there was just so much going on at all times god and, knew yeah god, god knew, knew we could not meet <laughs> <laughs> someone else had to teach you how to ride nice horses before That's... i could get my hands on you but <laughs> um but we actually met through a mutual friend that we grew up with like mm-hmm. we both grew up with trey obviously me in a different way because of ali but um he actually introduced us what like it was like i had been home from school for a while yep um, like right before COVID. Oh yeah, it was right before COVID. And um at the time you wanted to get into cattle. Yep. And then you met me. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. then it was like, oh man. Yeah, it it changed a lot. I uh so like I was saying when I was in school, I knew I wanted to stay in the ag industry, but it was obviously I couldn't do it at that time. Yeah, and you didn't even study ag at school. <laughs> no, I studied. Which I think you kick yourself for now. Yeah, because... and I that that's what sucks so much as I was like, if I could go back, I would a hundred percent go in the ag school, and probably not even go to Arkansas yeah. for ag. You know, so it was like, you know, that does suck looking back now, but you know, here it we are, and I'm. I mean, but that goes back to what I was talking about in episode one. Like, if you are one of those people that's about to start school, mm-hmm. um. You can get an ag business degree yeah. and you're still taking all the same business classes. But basically all of the questions that they ask you is like formulated around the industry. So instead yeah. of like depreciation of a building, an office building, it's depreciation of a tractor. Like, which <laughs> yeah. it makes it more interesting because it's stuff that you know or stuff that you're actually going to use. Like right. it feels like it's useful. But like Joe, one of my best friends, um, he got his major in ag economics but then minored in like well that's what my, one of mine is, is uh, yeah but, but what i'm saying is he got went and got a minor in marketing but he works for a, a third-party logistics company jb hunt so it's like super nine to five job and he even got you know an ag degree so it's like you yeah, can you can, you can take anything. that and do anything with it exactly you can literally do anything with so and i mean knowing what i know now if i were to go back and tell myself like that's what i would do yeah but getting back to that after i got out of school i was like i need to find my way back into it and I was like, okay. You I'm thought like, cattle was the answer. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's what I wanted to do. It's, <laughs> it's definitely still something I'm pursuing. Right. Um, but it's like, I'm, I want to start with one cow. <laughs> one cow. One yeah, that's cow. not going to work. Well, like in my head, I'm like, okay, I need a couple acres. I need a cow. You know, like, yeah. and, and I was like, okay, I don't know enough about this. Don't I was say like, it like that. I was like, I got to go talk with some, some people. So I, I started setting up meetings and I started meeting with some big ranchers here in North Texas and. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to like basically plan on how I'm going to do this. And I, I obviously I wasn't gonna be able to do it immediately. Um, but I was taking the steps and then I met Lexi and maybe a week or two after spending time with her horses, I was like, yeah, I don't want any more cows. Like yeah. I want horses. Well, at the time. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, I feel like I was pretty helpful in the whole cattle thing also yeah. because of my background at school. Not that I've like had cattle myself but like I feel like because we knew I think once you met me and we were able to talk about the logistics of like what all it was going to take it was like all right well let's just pursue the horse thing right now and then we can pursue cattle yeah cattle cattle is still definitely on the forefront like a hundred percent but when I saw the horses I was like man this is something like it's a craft you know like that that was a cool thing is like it's a craft and it's something that takes a long time to master and i mean i feel like you could be doing you're gonna be doing it your whole life and still have it mastered yeah you know what i mean so i just saw like the art in it and like the 
the dedication and the passion, like that was the biggest thing is like seeing how passionate you were about it and all the stories from your heydays. And I was like, I want to see all that. Like, I want to do all that. Remember back when I was actually cool? <laughs> before I was... <laughs> yes, before yes. When you used to be cool. Okay, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay, and then... Yeah. I, I forgot where I was going with that. Because you gave me, like, a really good idea. And then I was like, okay, Sorry. yeah. But yes, that was, that was my experience. And then I got thrown into it with you. Right. You and know? then from there, you like obviously wanted to be around the horses and like pick that up really quickly mm -hmm. but also you got to meet a lot of people so the area that we live in obviously frisco it's close to aubrey pilot point um quarter horse capital yeah it's of the, the world. quarter horse capital of the world um and i don't say that lightly like obviously weatherford stephenville that whole area that's really heavily populated with horse people also yeah. and decatur mm -hmm. like all of north texas basically all of texas but heavily concentrated in north texas but here if you're in aubrey or pilot point collinsville gainesville wherever like you go down a strip of road and it's just boom 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 and it's it's not just like backyard horse people it's you know roger daly right. it's valor farms it's sterling ranch it's cool ranch it's high point like you're getting a little bit of everything like mm -hmm. we have peter pachinik here i mean just a crazy amount of horse people from all different backgrounds and i would say we're probably the heaviest uh reigning horse concentrated area yeah for sure which is what i the area that i grew up in um and so like you just got to meet so many cool people yeah and that i think that was the other part too well it was just so crazy because obviously i've i've grown up here so i've been down the same roads and I've seen all the same houses and it's like I just never knew but you got to put like a handshake and a face to a name yeah exactly and it was but it was also crazy because it'd be like yeah hey we're at Roger's like come on over and I'd go over and meet Roger not knowing who he was and then we'd leave and we'd talk about Roger and I'd be like what, what? <laughs> yeah and be like he did what last year or yeah. he's who like it's like stuff like that that got me soup like super excited and being like okay so you can like genuinely make a career out of this. Yeah. And it wasn't like, okay, these guys don't do it for a hobby. Like this is what they do all day, every day for the rest of their lives. Well, and it's crazy too, because I feel like when we have the conversation with people that are not in the industry or that don't know us or know what we do, a lot of people think we have like a dude ranch where people come and trail oh, ride yeah. or they're like, oh, are you a rescue? And it's like, no, no. but to the public <laughs> eye, that's what they think yeah. the only options for horse businesses right. are. You can either give people trail rides or riding lessons to little kids or you are a rescue facility and that's all that people know that's, that's what i thought i never thought you could sell a like you know sell a horse for over a million dollars <laughs> well yeah exactly but i was thinking like over five grand yeah kind of, that kind of thing and it's like okay yeah they're just buying it as a hobby you know oh i'm gonna ride my horse i didn't you didn't it. piece together like you knew that people had a lot of money in horses but you didn't piece together the fact that there were people that bred those horses and then sold right. them or trained those horses and then sold them you thought that it was just like from start to finish this person owns a horse because it's a yeah. pet well it's like whenever i was out riding that guy's hundred thousand dollar horse i was like why would he buy this like, <laughs> like just go pick out a hundred thousand dollar horse but now it's like okay he has a lot of plans with this horse yeah you know to utilize it and whatever else down the down the line but that's when the switch really flipped uh, with me for horses. I was like, okay, like this is awesome. Yeah. And then for like the first year that we were dating, I would say even like the first couple months, like you just got this jam pack of getting to be exposed to everything. And yeah. I mean, 
I can just I I'm gonna call you fortunate because you were because uh, you no literally doubt. like got dealt like the most amazing hand of like car like hand of cards. Yeah. And it, I'm not saying that it's all because of me because like obviously, I met people at the same time like you did sometimes like we were getting thrown into it together a little bit but just the people that you were able to meet like the stallions you were able to see in person like yeah, it's crazy like literally this saturday we're going to high point for their stallion mm-hmm. um what is it called like their I forgot. open house their stallion right. open house and obviously it's open to the public and everything but like just getting exposed to those things and it's like we literally live you know, just down the road. Yeah. Well, like, isn't, isn't Slick Butt is on there or something like that? Yeah, yeah, he exactly. Is. It's like, you know. And MP Sugar Ray. Right, right, right. Like, but it's like all of that. Shawnee Buglio. Within arm's reach. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, a lot of people across the country, they're breeding to these stallions, but like, they may never get to put eyes on them. Yeah. And like, I don't know. My mom, this is so funny. And like, I don't mean to like go off on a tangent, but I'm going to. But my mom used to always say, like, we would go somewhere like a concert or something. And she would be like, isn't it crazy that we're breathing the same air as them? <laughs> and like, that's how I feel when I go into a stud yeah, barn. Yeah. I'm like, I'm breathing the same air as this horse. Like, when we went to Valor, I was going to say that same thing. When I we saw literally, that, that gray stud. I like, wanted to cry because I would bling. Yeah. Yeah. I was so just overwhelmed because it's like this thing, like the same God that made me and you made that stallion and thought that like we were worthy of his presence. Right. Like it's just, I Spent don't know. way more time on him than he did me. For I know. Sure. Yeah. Cause that's, that is literally perfect. <laughs> yeah. But, um, anyways, we will have a baby by him one day. Yeah, for sure. Um, Anyways, so sorry to go off on that whole thing, but you got to meet a lot of cool people. You really got like propelled into the industry mm-hmm. really quickly and a lot of people don't get that opportunity no, so and that's I'm been cool so grateful for that obviously yeah and another thing is is we haven't said previously recording like we didn't put a time stamp on how long we've been dating mm. and so people are gonna hear like oh they they met right before COVID. yeah and they're gonna be like dang they haven't been together that long a little COVID love it feels like it's been way longer but i think it's because of everything that we've been through and like done yeah like not that we've been through like just like the business like growing this thing mm-hmm. it's it's made us be a lot closer than (laughs) most couples would be at like a certain stage of life. So, um, I don't know. I feel like I've known you for like 30 years. That's not good. Why is that not good? I don't know. I meant it in a good way, not in a like, why did you say that's not good? Why'd you roll your eyes? I didn't mean to. Did I roll my eyes? (laughs) A little bit. Oh, just kidding. Oh my gosh. Okay. Stop. You're going to make me have a complex. (laughs) My eyes are going to get stuck in the back of my head. Um, Okay. Anyways, now they now they think we're weird. We are weird. I know. Yeah. You guys, we are so average and like weird and then what? You, I thought, oh, I thought you were pointing at the cat. I was no, like, no, what? No. Anyways, stop distracting me. Sorry. Okay. So let's get back into what we're supposed to be talking about. Okay. So a lot of people uh were talking about like what you do out here, mm-hmm. what the dynamic is like. So I guess first and foremost we should talk about what people think you do out here, which is nothing. <laughs> They think I do nothing. Because you have a job. Mm-hmm. Like a normal... Nine to five. Nine to five. Yep. But when we first got out here, we both had jobs. Mm-hmm. And I actually worked longer hours than you did. Mm-hmm. And more days out of the week. And so you were doing most of the stuff. So you were kind of the one that... like. So when we first started out here, the dynamic really was... Daniel was doing the manual labor. And I was the one that was communicating with clients. Um, so, and then whenever people would come out and tour, usually we were here together. 
Yep. And it was really hard for us because, you know, when we opened it up to borders, it was like, well, the only day of the week you can come is Sunday. Yeah. But then Sunday was also the only day we had to hang out with each other, like to have the whole day. Right. So that was difficult. But as far as like the manual labor side of stuff went, it was all you. Like yeah. I would get home late and, you know, either help you wrap up what we were doing or ride or whatever. But that's part of the reason why it was like, okay, something's got to give. And kind of pushed me towards being able to leave my job because you were working a normal job nine to five and then coming home and doing everything. Right. And you had to do it without me because we had to be on a schedule for the sake of having clients. Right. Like people have that expectation of my horse is being fed at this time. My horse is coming into the barn at this time. Like yeah. stuff like that. So he does not do nothing. For I, in a fact, long time, did almost everything. For a long time, he did everything. <laughs> yes, but I just wanted to say that before we get into this, like how it's what it's like now, because mm-hmm. oh, it's definitely changed. It's but was... definitely changed, but at the same time, I think people fail to realize that like you would rather be here. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> than working. Yeah, like no not doubt. to say that you hate your job, but no. if you had the choice, then I mean, I think if I mean, everybody who... had the choice, yeah, who I think wouldn't? anybody <laughs> would want to stay out here and yeah. play with horses all day. Unless you hate horses or you're, you know, a just terrible person. They're probably not listening to this podcast, honestly. Well, I'm <laughs> sure there are people that don't have horses listening, but... Well, um, yeah, I mean, at first it was it was tough, you know, especially because this is the first time I'd ever done something like that. You know, uh, or, anything well, like that or taking care of... Because I'd only taken care of two horses up to that point. Well, and there was just a lot of firsts for both of us because, yeah. like, you don't understand... I, I talked about this a lot in episode one, but you don't understand, like, how serious it is when you have other people's horses under your yeah. watch. Well, that was the thing. is like, I was... I mean, obviously, I've dealt with clients. You know, like, I've... That's what I do all day is I just deal with clients, make them happy, talk to them, whatever. And so, like, that part was fine. It was more so of just, like... You know, I'm going to go work my 9 to 5 job, which actually it's like 7.30 to 5.30 job. Um, and then I'm going to come home and then I'm going to do all of this physical labor that I've never really done before. You know, so clean the stalls and, you know, dump and fill water buckets. And so I'm fast at it now, but at the beginning. Well, like, it wasn't it that you had me... never done it before. Don't don't make people think that you were just like or some random geek off the street that Sorry. I just stuck in the stalls. You've been doing it happened. for like eight months before. Yes, but I'd only done here. it with Slick and Crow. It was just a small amount of horses, yes, basically, that's, is what you're saying. That's what I was trying. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting to is, you know, just, you know, got bigger. And then there would be other little projects around the house that I had to do. And then, you know, come back in the house and make dinner and, you know, all this other stuff. So, yeah, it was a lot at first. But um, I knew that once we got to the point where you could quit your job that you know i'd be able to dial back my hours yeah so So now the dynamics obviously really different oh yeah um so most of the like okay so there's like two different ways that we kind of split it up so like there's obviously like back of house stuff like finances that's mostly you i don't really deal with that like i mean obviously i know where our money's going and where it's coming from but as far as like growth and like what we can afford to do and what makes sense financially that's usually daniel's expertise because that's why you went to school in the first place (laughs) but um it's also what you like to do so that's helpful yeah but then like stuff like running social media that's me yeah um because you're way better at that than i would be see yeah but i'm still learning if anybody has any tips feel free to (laughs) slide in my way and then um managing clients that's something that I struggle with. Um, But it's something that I usually do just because it's easier. Like, 
if Daniel's at work all day, it doesn't make sense for me to have a group text with every single client for them to like reach out about simple things that probably don't need to even be brought up in the first place. But I'm the one whose phone gets blown up 24 seven, um, which is okay. And, um, but like, as far as that goes, that's usually me. And then same thing with like bringing in, um, sales horses and training horses. Like, obviously that's a conversation we have together. You know, is this something that we want to do? Does this horse make sense? But as far as like all the communication and stuff like that goes, that's my job because Daniel has work to do and can't have, you can't have people calling you all day. Mm -mm. So we kind of split that that way. Um, and then now it's kind of gotten to the point where, like I said in the first episode, we don't have an employee out here. So I try to get as much stuff done throughout the day while I'm at, while I'm home. And then at night, Daniel will help with stuff. Because, like, normally we feed uh, grain at night by about 8 o'clock. Um, we do, like, 8 and 8. I'm, like, a firm believer in the 12-hour thing. But so I know some people feed earlier. But we live out here, so it's okay to feed at 8 and 8. So, obviously, he's home for night feeding and bringing horses in and all that. And then whatever I didn't get done, you know. Because sometimes I just don't get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And then we'll also ride when I get off work, too. Yeah, we ride, obviously. Um, and, like, sometimes there's days whenever I know that we're probably going to be too busy at night doing other stuff. Because we do have lives outside of this place. But, yep. um, like, I'll just text Daniel and be like, hey, what's your plan with the horses? And then any horses that he would typically ride, um, I just make sure that they get worked that day. Whether it's on the lunge line or, you know, I ride them or whatever. Um, but, yeah, usually we kind of have an idea of, like, what's going to go on by mm -hmm. about lunchtime. As far as riding goes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then um, as far as the, like, front of house stuff, as I would call it, which would be, like, riding, like we were already talking about. But when it comes to riding the horses, um, we kind of have it split a certain way right now. And I want to kind of talk about it a little bit because I feel like maybe people get the wrong impression about that and, like, why it's split up the way that it's split. So... As far as, like, riding horses goes, usually there's, like, this point in every single horse's time here where Daniel will take over. Um, and a lot of people are probably like, oh, it's experience level. Oh, it's, you know, ab abilities, riding abilities. It has nothing to do with that at all. Um, Daniel's perfectly capable of starting colts. Like, I've seen it happen, and I've seen him ride young ones before. And it's perfectly, like it's fine there's nothing that he does wrong but it's just the fact that for consistency's sake you just don't have the ability to do that yeah i mean i can't with your job i can't start a colton i mean i can't ride every single day yeah with my schedule and so that's why it's like just better for you to start the colts just in order for them to have that consistency because we all know that they need that that's yeah. the most important thing for them but then another thing that like we struggle with sometimes as far as like um time and stuff like like time management goes is like sometimes i'll have to put off riding the colts until daniel gets back because i need an extra set of eyes yeah and i'm like i don't know what this looks like or i need videos or you know maybe i just don't feel comfortable getting on something with no one home because <laughs> that's another thing i mean yeah. you work what 45 minutes from here yeah maybe a little less but... um i mean and my parents they don't live far they're like 30 minutes away but still i mean if something were to happen it's like we gotta be careful yep. <laughs> um because i am usually the only one out here during the day i mean our borders pop in and out but like i said there's not that many of them and once they come for the day if they're even coming it's over with and then i kind of have the whole place to myself which is fine i like it that way but it's also you have to be careful make sure that you're yeah, prepared for worst case off, scenario right. yeah 
But anyways, so we do that, and there's also, like, this thing that Daniel does where he just suddenly decides that he's just going to take a horse out from underneath me. And, oh, why do you do that? Like, what <laughs> what, what goes through your head? Like, honestly, like, is there something that you look for in the horses before you're like, all right, I'll take that one and go on with it? Or uh, I, I feel like I look at them, and I'm like, they just need a change of pace. And not that you do anything wrong obviously but it's just like i wonder how they're gonna be if i get on their back today you yeah. know or like maybe it'll be good for them for me to you know i'm not as maybe mean isn't the right word i'm but not mean harsh. i'm just very nitpicky like, you are but it's like if i can get on their back and be like hey we can be friends but you okay know? but this is what's so annoying y'all because daniel likes <laughs> to not oil his saddle okay yeah. then do, do he likes purpose. he likes to get on these horses and He's like, all right, yeah, just let me know if there's anything I need to change or fix or if I'm doing something wrong. You just let me know, okay? And then I'm, like, letting him know, like, hey, this looks like crap. And then he's like, huh? Sorry, I can't hear you. Um, my saddle's too squeaky. I can't hear you. You're going to have to speak up. And then he's, like, running intentionally, like, loping these horses to the opposite side of the arena so he can't hear me. <laughs> and then and then you tell me I need to yell because what do I do? You whisper yell. Yeah. And so I have to yell at you. And then you're like, don't talk to me like that. There's How like, dare you? There's, like, howling wind. And then you're whisper yelling. So I can't hear you just in general. Like, it, like you're not talking to me. Moral of so the story, quiet. oil your saddle because it's gross. It's like... And it's then, working out so far. Oh my gosh, it's so annoying, y'all. It's like one of my biggest pet peeves, that and listening to people eat. And you do both of them. <laughs> at least I'm doing both at the same time. Not yet. You're not that comfortable <laughs> That's true. yet. And cup holder on the saddle first. Cup holder? Yeah. Oh my god, here we go. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, as far as like training the horses and stuff like that goes. And honestly, like when we get client horses in, like training horses, sometimes I make Daniel get on them first because like... I just feel like you have a lot more um, strength to, like, help yourself out if something does go south. But also, like, when we have client horses come in, and I usually tell clients this, like, right off the bat, like, hey, like, your horse is going to get ridden by both of us and in different scenarios and at different paces because I think that it's good for us to push these horses' buttons. And obviously, there's things that I'm pushy about, and then there's things that Daniel's pushy about, and, like... We had different expectations, but I feel like we like our cues are pretty similar. And that's what I was saying the other day, like talking about like our dynamic and like how we ride and stuff like that. Like because of your introduction to perform well, first of all, you got a great introduction to the performance horse industry. So thank God for that, because that really helped you out down the road. But then you took some time off from it, going to school and then meeting me. And then so like there was a lot of questions that you asked, but as far as like riding went, like it wasn't like a, oh my gosh, like I have to teach him everything. So that was nice. But then since you were riding my horses so much, I feel like you picked up how like your riding style based off of how they were trained. And so that helped moving to this point because now if I'm starting them, they're all, they all ride around the same way. Right. Like they, I mean, they don't all ride around the same way, but they all know the cues the same. So that helps. And then obviously when you start doing stuff on them, like, then it's like, okay, well, this is how Daniel teaches this, so then I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, and people don't understand what we're talking about right now because they don't understand what we do that's different. But right. um, we'll get into that. Actually, we can talk about that right now if you want. Maybe next time. Well, I was talking about the roping. Like, oh, okay. there's, like, things. Okay, so, like, we, when we 
got into this, um, when we came here, we only had two horses. We had Chrome, who's a rainer, and Slick, who's a cutter. Yep. And we decided we wanted to get into the rain cow horses. We Our first prospect that we bought when we moved here was a rain cow horse prospect. And then we started to think, like, okay, you know, at what point, because, I mean, Chrome was retired at that point, and we had Slick, and we were trying to figure out, you know, do we want to do derby stuff with this horse, or do we want to just, like, swing it the other way and give him a new job, and what can we do? And he'd been roped off of before um, on the PRCA circuit, so uh, he had that experience, but we didn't have that experience. No. So I, like, jump rope barrel horses in college, but I would never call myself, like, a like barrel racer to that degree like I wasn't I'm not like somebody you know like it wasn't my everyday job right like obviously the rainers and the cutters that was more my thing and so I was I had a lot to learn as far as that went and when we met was when I first told you like hey this is I think I want to get back into this and start doing it again and so then whenever we started getting these rain cow horse prospects in, we were like, well, dang, you know, what if we have one that's a reject? Are we just going to sell it as a reject or are we going to try to give it a job? And so that's one thing that we've talked about before. Like, it's always important to us for these horses to have a job before they go on to their next place, because I don't want, you know, anything to ever leave here and not have a purpose. Right. And I, and so that propelled us into you pursuing rope horses and me pursuing barrel horses. Yeah. And that started like last year. Yeah. And, and ultimately like, and I think you feel the same way on this, but like, I mean, I, I want to stay in the rain cow yeah. industry. Like that's what I, I want to stay in. Um, but like we were just saying, as they come through our barn and as we train them and it's like, man, you know, maybe they're not as cowy as we thought they were going to be, or maybe they're just not as shifty as we thought they were going to be. That doesn't mean they can't be a good head horse or a good heel horse or a good barrel prospect. Well, I mean, I was just talking to Dr. Bree about that today because yeah. we were talking about Jag. And um, she was like, obviously, I said we had a lot of arguments about, you know, what she was going to do in mm -hmm. the future. Like, what are we going to use her for? And then Dr. Megan was like, well, you just got to let her tell you. Exactly. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, Daniel and I talk about that all the time because we have these horses that we buy with the intention of X, Y, Z. Yeah. And then they come in here and they tell us something completely different. And it's not because they're not capable or they're not athletic enough or they're not bred well enough or whatever. Yeah. It's just because they have a different job in mind and they want to be successful at something. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. There isn't a horse out there. And I say this with all the confidence in the world. There isn't an, There isn't a horse out there that isn't capable of having a job. Like they are right. all, they all serve a purpose for something. Well, even if it's being a broodmare. Yeah, exactly. You know? Even if it's just being a great mom. Yeah. I mean, like we still need good babies out there. Like yeah. we need good producers, but there is a job for every horse in my opinion. And so I think that us figuring that out really quickly and also just like wanting something else to do, because I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I'm not Sarah Dawson. I'm not Aaron Tormino. Like I cannot go out there and like ride at the pro level on the rain cow horse. Like I'm not to that point yet. Like, I can ride in the non-pro all day long, but in order to be competitive at that level, like, I need some training myself. Yeah. yeah. But, that, I mean, that was that was the big thing is we needed that capability to, yeah, like you said, I mean, going to train at that level or show at that level is, it's a lot. It would be a lot of commitment. So, it's like, yeah, we'll stick to, you know, these reject or, you know, these rain cow prospects and as they become, oh, you know what, maybe they're going to be better on the roping side or maybe better, better as a barrel horse we have to know how to transfer them over right into that and that that's kind of where 
we shifted some focus. Yeah, and I also think, I mean, we've had this conversation before, but just giving ourselves something else to pursue and, and try to do. Um, because, like, I don't know if y'all have ever experienced burnout in the horse industry, but it's a real thing. And sometimes, like, I'll be riding the same horse, doing the same thing every single day, and I'm just like, I'm sick of this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it just, it gets to be a lot. Like, when I first met you, I was burned out of Rainers. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want to pursue something different. Not that I would ever get out of the industry, but just sometimes it's good to take a step back and, like, try something new. And so that's why I had been telling you, like, I want to get back into barrels just because I wanted to do something fast-paced where maybe not a lot of people knew who I was, where I could rebuild, make a name for myself, feel like I was finding success doing something else. I don't know. And the other thing is, is it opened up a lot of doors for us to meet different people and get involved in a different part of the industry. So that was helpful. Yep. And then now, I mean, we talked about this the other day where, like, you can go to a horse show and you can, like, pretty much every weekend, like, somewhere in the United States, obviously. But you can go to a barrel race or a team roping every single day, especially mm-hmm. in North Texas. Like, you can go do that yeah. every night here. Um, and so that's just not only a way to get better, but just something to do. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. So... That's pretty cool, too. I mean, that the rodeo market has stuff like that. So, um, anyways, so this is a question that actually got asked a couple of times on different days. But um, people want to know about how we keep the business and our relationship separate. Like, how we keep business out of our relationship. Like, how do we make time for each other? Do we only ride horses together? Like, stuff like that. So... Do you want to give your input first or do you want to hear mine? (laughs) I want to hear yours first. Okay. Um, So keeping the business out of our relationship is basically impossible. Um, Our relationship doesn't necessarily revolve around this, but like our lives do. And so in order to like spend time together, sometimes we're so busy that the only time we do get to spend together is when we're out cleaning stalls or when we're out riding. But at the same time, like it's what we love to do. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That's... So it's like, our life, so... Yeah, but, like, so, I mean, I guess I view, you know, when we're out cleaning stalls and, like, all that other stuff and, like, riding, like, that's our time, too. But, like, when we're sitting here, you know, budgeting or forecasting or looking at land to buy or all this other stuff, and then we get to arguing as to why this one makes more <laughs> sense than the other one or why this money should be spent here instead or yeah. why we shouldn't buy this horse, that's when it's like, okay, now we're crossing some paths. Yeah. You know, but we have to we have to do it. That's the other thing, too. Um, I will say that if you're in a relationship like this, or even if you just have a business with whoever you're dating or married to or whatever, um, the best advice I have to give is we've had to learn that sometimes it's okay to tell the other person that you just don't want to talk about it right then. (laughs) Yeah. And like, sometimes I get that it's annoying. Like Daniel will roll his eyes at me and be like, we need to talk about this. And it's like, I'm burnt out talking about it. Like, let's just stop. And like, obviously, if your entire conversation is just going to be the two of you bickering back and forth about whatever your opinion is then that's okay like for example the other night daniel and i were having a conversation so we were we had this new business opportunity come up um on the table basically and when the opportunity first came up i was pushing for us to do it and we had this long conversation and daniel made his points and i made my points and then we kind of left the conversation with us feeling two different ways he didn't want to do it and i did fast forward i was just reserved fast forward like a week later 
I have digested all of his points and he's digested all of mine and now he wants to do it and thinks it's a good idea because of the points I made and now I don't want to do it because <laughs> of the points that he made and I mean we laugh about it but it's yeah. true and it happens a lot like it happens even when like we're buying horses like this is it's a financial step that is going to affect both of us so we have to both be on the same page about it so like i will say that about 90 percent of our conversations are probably about the barn the horses um the future in this industry what we're going to do next like even if we're just talking about just horses in general or hey so-and-so did this at this rodeo or you know talking about what we want to do next weekend like it all revolves around horses yeah so i wouldn't necessarily say that we our lives don't include that in every aspect but when it comes to like the business side like clients training horses sales horses stuff like that like we don't talk about that all the time no. we try to keep it yeah and i, I would during say that's the work day. right and that's one thing i definitely thought you know we should be better at is you know, dedicating a certain amount of hours to being upset or being frustrated with clients or with what's going on or talking about, you know, what's coming up or what we should be doing. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing too is, you know, setting, maybe it's a day of the week or maybe it's a, you know, a couple hours a night, which I don't feel like we get a couple hours a night. No, we but, don't. but if it's like, you know, even if it's an hour a night and a couple hours on Sunday, you know, but it's like, hey, this is the time that we're spending together you know, nothing to do with the barn and yeah. nothing to do with Well, we've horses. gotten better about that. Yeah, though. but yeah, here recently, but it was one of those things where it, like we had worked like worked so hard for so long. And we're like, like we haven't like gone on a date in a few months or we haven't, you know, I guess we went to Florida, but you know, it was one of those things since we got back from Florida, we hadn't done anything that was like, yeah, our dates are basically like tonight we drove to Whataburger <laughs> and then we came back and we watched Criminal Minds and ate it. And then now we're doing this for like 10 minutes. Yeah. That's our date. Like, yeah, we and, don't. We don't. But like, those, but that's what I'm saying is like, I wouldn't recommend that. Like, I would. No. I would recommend like dedicating, and even if it's one day of the month, like that's fine. Whatever works for you. But it's just like dedicating that time and like committing to that and realizing that you need that. Like, you know. Yeah. That's definitely one thing that we were trying to get better at. Yeah, but we're both like workaholics. Yeah. I'm the type of person where I'll keep adding stuff to my list until I'm gonna explode, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I overstepped. <laughs> and Daniel's just like I'm, and I'm here the whole time to just help <laughs> and pick up the pieces whatever <laughs> Daniel's busy at his own job and doesn't answer my phone calls <laughs> tells me he has to go into a meeting when he doesn't what yeah you tell me like oh I have to go into this meeting and then you're not in a meeting I know yes I am no he's not yes anyways okay so um we talked about roping and barrels and all that um obviously like that's something that we're still jumping into like we're not i don't have a finished barrel horse at the moment you have a rope horse but i don't know if you're ready for that yet sure yeah whatever <laughs> daniel says he's gonna be at the nfr next year everybody watch out see y'all there whatever <laughs> maybe in maybe in the stands <laughs> my mom's like cowboy christmas like she's obsessed with it i, know. I told her i'd get her free tickets when i made it well obviously daniel <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh anyways um but yeah we don't really know where that's going like obviously we have goals but maybe we can get more into that in, at a later date because i feel like there's a lot to digest there but i mean yeah my short answer would be yes like it's it's definitely something i want to pursue 
Yeah. So. But it's not the only thing, and it's not the top thing. It's, it's not the top thing, though. No. And when we, like, started doing this, it wasn't, like, our vision for people to know us as, like, only a barrel horse sale. You know, like, yeah. we're not trying to a just. A roper and a barrel horse trainer, like. Yeah, that wasn't our goal, but like I said, our goal was to make sure we were putting the best horses possible out on the market, and I don't think that just listing a horse as a reject, if we have the tools and the capabilities to teach them to do something different, why wouldn't we? Um, Especially, and that's like the big thing, I think a lot of people will sell rejects because they only focus on one part of the industry, which is great for them, but also because they don't want to like dedicate the time to do it because you're talking about sticking a horse on your feed bill for what another six months minimum right i mean it and and i'm laughing right now like internally because i'm thinking about that girl that was like barrel horses are the easiest thing to train and it's like huh like you i don't know you guys can tear her apart for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not actually, but I'm not trying to be hostile. I'm just trying to say that I wish that more people would open their eyes to the fact that it doesn't matter what part of the horse industry you're in. It's not easy and it's not cheap. No. yeah. Period. No doubt. I mean, I don't care if you have ranch horses. Like, it ain't easy and it ain't cheap. Mm-mm. You're still investing the same time, money, and physical, mental, and emotional energy. Yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah. Okay. So, um, one of the last questions that I wanted to go over was someone, well, actually a couple of people asked this in different ways, but, uh, who your favorite horse is in the barn. So obviously we're not going to sit here and talk about training horses or client horses or boarders or anything like that, because those aren't our horses and well, none of them would be my favorite anyway. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> they're, mean. They're great horses, but I just feel like for the privacy of those people, I'm not going to go and throw their horses information out there, but, um, we do have five horses in the barn that are ours, um, and they all kind of have their own stories, but I feel like for y'all to understand better why his favorite is his favorite, I, <laughs> we should talk about them a little bit. So um, how about this? We'll just go through each horse in the barn, and we'll talk about what we like about him, what we don't like about him, and then after that, you can talk about who your favorite one is. Okay. So let's start with Chrome, because he's the old man. Mm-hmm. So I obviously love him because I've had him the longest, and he yep. made me who I am in the industry. Yep. But I don't like him because he is crippled. <laughs> yep. Not actually. He's sound right now, mm-hmm. but we can't use him anymore, so that makes me sad. Yeah. Okay, why do you like him? I like Chrome. So just so y'all know, when I go get the boys out of the gelding pasture, Chrome comes out. Why do you call it the gelding pasture? Because we put the geldings in that pasture, That's don't we? That's so weird, though. I don't okay. like that you say that. All right. I'm God, sorry. Man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, I think I got it, I think I got it from Britt. Anyway. Um... Anyway, when I go and pick, <laughs> whenever I go get Chrome out of the pasture, I always say he's the first one to come out because he's won the most money. Okay. <laughs> but what do you not like about him? He's grumpy. He's not grumpy. He's the sweetest. Don't talk about him like that. God, it's my firstborn child. Okay. You be nice. <laughs> next horse. <laughs> okay, next is Slick. So I got Slick as a two-year-old. Um, he's seven this year. Um, I like Slick because... He is probably the most honest horse, like, as far as he's going to work his butt off for you. He's always going to have the most try, um, and he's always going to tell you, like, when something's going right or something's going wrong, and that can be a little bit frustrating, and this is why I don't like him, because some days I feel like we have the perfect ride, and some days I feel like I could have rode him better, 
And, um, you know, some days he just has an off day and I feel like I, I don't necessarily put that on him, but I struggle with, um, you know, the fact that I'm not riding him to the best of my ability, it bothers me. So, I, know, I mean, I know what you mean by that. I mean, it's just, it's, um, it's frustrating for me because I feel like I'm a bad rider sometimes with him. Mm. Anyways, you go ahead. Well, <laughs> why is this so, like, why is this taking so much thought? I'm, I, I wasn't prepared. He didn't give me the questions beforehand. Yes, I did. I got to give these to my agent before I get on these your things. Your agent. I am your agent. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I like, I like Sick because, because of his personality. Like, he's just, like you said, he's just always going to try and he's, you know, it's just that willing to work. And he's and goofy. He has, like, the most character. He ha he is so much character. He's crazy. He doesn't pay attention all the time. But it's just, like, I love his high energy. Yeah. Like, and it's, like, I want to take his high energy and I want to channel it into whatever we're doing. Right. And the minute you start throwing a rope off of him or the minute you start, like, maybe I'm taking him around the barrels just for a workout, like, he's zoned in on that. Like, You're not taking him around no barrels. I mean, maybe to just goof off a couple times, but maybe in like the wrong setup. You're probably, probably going in the wrong direction. Faster than you. And uh, but anyway, he he's zoned in on that, and so I mean, that's why I mean he, that's probably why he's my like my favorite. You aren't supposed to say which one your favorite <laughs> was yet. Oops. All right, whatever. Okay, who's your? Uh, what do you not like about him? Is there anything you don't like about um, him? The fact that he doesn't pay attention sometimes. What about the fact that he looks like a potato with legs? I like it like He's that. He's fat. Stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I don't even know why we need to cover the rest because you why? already said your favorite. You want to know my second favorite? I already know your second favorite. No, you don't. Okay. So the next horse is Smarty. We got her in January of this year. Um, like I said earlier, she's a rain cow horse prospect. Um, she just turned two. So she's... Snaffle bit maturity hopeful. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know if she's gonna be ready, but she's still really cool. I like her because she is the most athletic horse we have yeah. on property, I would say. Without a doubt. She's super nice. And because obviously she got it from me, so no, I'm just kidding. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to toot my own horn. Actually, something really cool, um, Smarty and Bacardi, when we first started them under saddle, I was still at my job, and I couldn't be consistent, neither could Daniel, so they actually got started by Roger Daly, so they got a really great foundation. Yeah. Like, we were very blessed with that. But um, anyways, I think she's the coolest ride in the barn, um, and my least favorite thing about her is that she is your stereotypical little red mare. <laughs> a lot to prove. She's a B word sometimes, yeah. but she's really cool. Everybody needs a little red mare, so <laughs> I like her. Yeah. She's Daniel's second favorite. I'm just gonna go ahead. Whoa, and whoa! You're ruining the whole thing. I know it was okay. So <laughs> let me just give you guys a little bit of insight on this. We were literally sitting out there talking about property improvements and what we're gonna do, and we were thinking about throwing up some more stalls in a different spot on property. And Daniel was like, "Oh yeah, so we'll move um, Chrome and and Cardi out here, and who else?" And I'm like. Well, I guess with Jag, we can put Jag out here. And he was like, okay, yeah. And then I go in the barn and I start thinking, and I'm like, you volunteered all the horses except for your favorite, too, to go That's out into too. the new stalls. What do you want from me? That's kind of self-centered. Like, okay, whatever. Talk about Smarty. Why do you like, why do you like that nag? What? Why do you like nag? her? I love her because, like you said, she's super athletic. And when she starts crawling around in the round pen... Like getting low, like 
It's awesome. Daniel likes working here in the round pen. I don't know why. It's just so cool. Like, on the ground. He thinks she looks so cool. I'm like, well, you, she looks cool under saddle, too. Like, just get on her. You got on her the other day, though. Yeah. And she's but cool she does, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's awesome. And She then, does crawl. She crawls on her knees. It's insane. It, it is insane. She's nice. She's a nice horse. Um, what do you not like about her? <laughs> like you said, she's a B word. But not for her dad. She's, she's a sweet girl. Don't. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> All right, and then Cardi B. Mm -hmm. We just got her new papers back. Yeah. Her register name is now Party with Cardi. Yeah, which I think is cool so cool. Name. Um, she we got her in February of this year. Um, she we got her as an unstarted five year old, and like I said, w this was after the point when we had already kind of decided that we were in the business to give horses jobs, and so we kind of knew she was going to be a barrel horse prospect. Um, I actually had her ready to sell, <laughs> and listed her to sell. Um, when was that? In July? The end of July? Yeah, I think so. And then we got home from Florida, and Daniel was like, take her off the market. We're not selling her. And I was like, for <laughs> what reason? He was like, I need a backup rope horse. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, she was supposed to be my number one barrel prospect, and now she's your... We're only... We're not keeping her because she was going to be my number one barrel prospect. We're keeping her because you need a backup rope horse prospect. Ridiculous. Anyways, I'm glad we're keeping her. I think she's going to make really cool babies if she proves herself. So that's the number one goal, though, is just getting her proven. And um, right now she's we're, we're right now we're pursuing the barrel route still, which is pretty mm -hmm. exciting. So I'm glad that I'm getting to keep her a little bit longer. But like we talked about earlier, if it doesn't work out or if she's just not going to fit my riding style or the program and she's not going to be my number one, then she'll find a new home. Yep. Or if she can't fit into Daniel's program either. But she, the thing about Slick is Slick is more heel horse, calf horse size. Yeah. And uh, Cardi's more head horse size. So um, remember when you when we recorded the podcast before and you talked about her pulling the door down? Yeah. Yeah. This horse is strong. She's real strong. She's like the Hulk. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I didn't even talk about why I like her. She's so pretty. I always, I've, <laughs> my, my whole life I wanted a roan horse. Like, my whole life. I've never had a roan before. She's, like, the prettiest bay roan I've ever seen. And now you got two seen. of them. Hey, don't, don't spill the beans. We weren't ready for that. But I don't like her because sometimes she's, sometimes she's rude. And, um... She is moody. She is moody, yes. She, like, when she's on, like, her, her lady time, mm -hmm. um, she'll, like, kick out at other horses. We need to work <laughs> on that. <laughs> like, if she's tied up in the arena and we're working other horses, like, if you get within, like, 10 feet of her, she starts kicking for no reason. And, like, <laughs> the other thing, too, that makes me really uncomfortable is when she, when she pees or poops, she's like, mm. she's, Yeah. She moans the whole old, time. Old lady. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Anyways, yeah. But she's she's cool. And she's a really fun ride. She rides around like a little cow horse. So it makes me really excited. But she's big. But she's smooth. She's a big girl. Yeah. She's like the Cadillac of a barn. Mm -hmm. Okay, why do you like her? Do you even like her? Yes, I love Cardi. Okay. Um, Probably because of how big her booty is. Yeah. Um, She has the biggest butt in the barn. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, and she's pretty. That's why you like her? Because her butt's big? Mm -hmm. What do you say about me? I have no butt. What are you talking about? What the... Okay, anyways, proceed. <laughs> We're just going to slide on by that. Uh, I don't like... What I don't like about her... There's not... Like... I there's not much to not like. I don't care the that, fact she's that she's moody. moody. I mean, sometimes she'll kick out at Smarty, but Smarty deserves it. Yeah, Smarty's a little instigator. Yeah, so she's perfect. Okay, she's perfect. <laughs> and then, last but not least, there's little baby Jag. Jaguar. Mm -hmm. We actually got her in at the end of August of this year, and 
if you guys follow our social media, she was actually the filly out of one of the broodmares that we acquired from a client um, that were in a pretty bad situation. And in part of us taking in the mares and the colt, um, we actually got Jag in that deal and we were supposed to be selling her, um, but she had an accident uh, about 10 days ago. And so um, we actually were, we basically had her sold. She was supposed to go to her new home like, yeah, like two, two days, days later. later yeah. And um, then the accident happened, and we thought we were going to have to put her down. Mm-hmm. But we were able to work with our vets and get her back into health. And now they're saying she's going to make a complete recovery and even be able to be a performance horse. We were just okay with her being breeding sound because she's bred phenomenally well. And um, obviously, we weren't planning on keeping her, but it sounds like that's what's going to end up happening now, which we're completely okay with. Right. Um, she's a little blue roan, so now I just need a red roan, and then my collection is complete. <laughs> um, but I love her because she is the sweetest little baby angel cake. We call her Philly cheesesteak, if anybody was yeah. wondering. And I don't like her because I have to spend all this time with her right now because she's hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. She takes up my whole day, but she's perfect. Yeah, I would say <clears throat> I like her. Because that whole thing has just made her broke. Like I'm pretty sure. Oh, we could, yeah. I'm pretty sure we could just throw a saddle over her and just like start riding around, and she would just. Well, know. not well, not right now, obviously. But when she's when it comes right. time for her to be riding around, like she's broke to wash, she's broke to tie. I'm pretty sure she just load up in the trailer. She leads around. She'd come <laughs> yeah. in the house, lay on the couch, no have a joke. beer. That, like that's how she. That's how she acts. Like she just acts broke. Yeah. She just acts like like she's been doing it for her whole life for five years exactly, uh, but I don't like when she kicks me oh yeah <laughs> she used to kick daniel a lot a now lot. it's better yeah now i think now she's probably likes Never me a little kick. more than you no she doesn't uh, yeah. absolutely not i'm mm, her best friend debatable okay whatever so anyways those are the horses in the barn obviously slick took the uh number one spot number one slot he's the highlight of this whole podcast i'm so glad mm-hmm. um who's your least favorite the least favorite horse yeah oh man probably i don't know i don't want to answer that Okay. Probably the goat. Elvis. Yeah, get that goat out Yeah, here. guys, we have a lot more than just horses around here. We got dogs and cats and uh, Jalapeno, the bull. We have Elvis, the goat. And we have Tallulah, the mini donkey. Mm, the queen. The queen of HD Ranch. Um, anyways, guys, we are going to hop on off of here because this has been a very long chat. But I hope that we answered a lot of y'all's questions. And I hope that you guys enjoyed having Daniel on. Did you have fun? I did. We should do it again. Yeah, we will. Um, We have lots to talk about, and I hope that this gave you guys some more insight into our lives and uh, gives you guys something to look forward to in the future. Mm -hmm. So thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll see you guys next week.